1: you damn right. Hope everybody's having a good Wednesday. Closing in on Thanksgiving, closing in on some holidays, but more importantly right now, closing in on more football. Best of luck to all those high school teams trying to advance. As we'll tell you in the Flex segment later, we got some volleyball teams trying to win state championships from the area, and we're going to try to cover it all for you. Chad and Zay on a Wednesday. I'm Chad Hastings, joined once again by Isaiah Collier. Zay, what's up? What's goody, what's goody?
2: Big game tonight, downtown Austin, the Moody Center. Yeah, I know we broke it in already, but this is how you break it in. Bring yeah. in the number two team in the nation and get some revenge on that
1: brutal loss that you had last year and spoke in. Spokane. Absolutely. You know what I want from Texas fans today? I was going to ask our man, Patrick Davis. I'll do it during a break. I want to hear about Texas fans' favorite non-conference games at home, that you were there live? Because through the years, there haven't been a ton of those moments. Sometimes you'll look at that schedule and go, oh, okay, they're at that, but they're not coming here. But occasionally we've had them throughout the years. Longhorn fans, what are your favorite home non-conference games? Because this will be, I don't recall. I know in the Mark Few era, Gonzaga hadn't been here. So this is very cool. The fact that Texas went – did they go to the kennel last year or did they find a neutral out there? They went to the kennel, right? It was rocking, too. The fact that they play at their place and now you're getting a true home-and-home – I love that about college basketball. We'll hopefully get there in college football one day where people aren't afraid to schedule non-conference games, uh, more of these kind of games. So we're going we're, we're gonna to start with that game. We're going to get some of Zay's thoughts on it. You give us your thoughts. Texas and Gonzaga, we'll give you some of our, uh, our thoughts on it. Remember, 8.30 is that tip time tonight, so a little bit later I'm going to need some coffee. I'll be ready. I'll be ready to roll. 8 o'clock pregame, 8.30 tip. And remember, all men's basketball games are on the Horn, of course, and also on Coke FM. So our brothers and sisters over at Coke jump in for men's basketball, just like they do for football. So you can listen on the Horn app, the Coke app, hornfm.com, cokefm.com. Obviously listen on the terrestrial side if you want. And remember, all you need to do when you stream is just that extra click Look, you're looking for the Longhorn Sports clicker button, if you will, that'll get you to that UT player, but you can access those through hornfm.com and cokefm.com. So we got basketball coming up. Before we get into that, uh, let's update a horrible story, but maybe that has a little bit of a a ray of sunshine in it uh, that's kind of developing here. So first off, the news part of it is that Virginia is not going to play football this week. Not a shock, not a surprise at all. Uh, they, are scheduled, they were scheduled to play Coastal Carolina this week and obviously Coastal Carolina understands why they can't play. These three players uh, shot and killed in an incident early this week. So Virginia won't play this week. They are going to still talk about whether or not they want to go to Blacksburg next week and play at Virginia Tech. I'm not sure how they would even think about doing that. Uh, but Zay, the good news here is is that one of the other people? First off, there's two other people, two people that were shot, but it, that did not die. And one of them is a student, and they say she's in good condition. That's great news. The second piece of great news is actually another football player, it's a running back named Mike Hollins. Mike was shot in the back, the bullet lodged in his stomach. They ended up, you know, putting him on a ventilator. Obviously, it was, it was a very serious. I'm not sure if it went to critical condition or not. Uh, but they had to do surgery. They got the bullet out of there, and then they saw good things after that. They were able to take him off the ventilator, and they think he's going to be able to make a full recovery. Wow! So a little bit, a little bit of good news coming out of that story um all thoughts and prayers uh, already going to the Virginia family but man Mike Hollins trying to pull through something like that you wish nothing but the best for him and his family and obviously the the student um who I think has been named but I do not have her name right in front of me I think Maylee is her first name uh, I'll double check that but uh glad that they they think they're going to be okay such a terrible story but at least there's a little bit of positivity there
2: Yeah, yeah, a little bit, you know, and prayers go out to everybody in Virginia that's been affected by it, the football team, the university, all the families that lost people and have people in critical condition. Uh, It's just a horrible situation, and yeah, you just got to cherish every day.
1: Yeah, uh, and I, um, I had it close. Her name is Marley Morgan, who was also shot. She is a student at Virginia, and uh, she—they think she's going to be okay. She's in good condition right now, which is great to hear. And this was uh, this was a field trip to Washington D.C., which when you're at the University of Virginia. That's not tough to do, right. if you know where Charlottesville is and Washington, D.C. So something really normal and everyday and should have been – really not normal. I, mean, I should say, I don't want to say normal. A really cool field, field trip when you get to go to D.C. But for them in that area, this is something I'm sure that groups of students do all the time, and then something like that happens. Just terrible stuff. And then uh, the other thing, Zay, for, I know that some people have connected that the head coach of Virginia is – is it Tony Elliott – I believe is the name, the guy that was at Clemson. The offensive coordinator from Clemson that took that job. And he's the guy that is having to deal with all of this right now. Mm. I'm trying to imagine. I couldn't imagine. i like, okay, wow, um, just in- incredible. Um, and like he said, there is no there is no playbook for this. There's no playbook. There's no... You know, plan. There's no, we, we, we just, he's just got to kind of uh, deal with it, you know, as it comes. And they have decided they will not play the game this week. So uh, we'll start with that. And a um, little bit of good news there. And obviously a terrible story. Uh, but let's move on to the big game tonight. The Moody Center, like Zay said, really gets officially opened tonight because the Zags are in town. Let's go, spec set piece. The Specs Set Piece is brought to you by Specs Wines, Spirits, and Finer Foods. Cheer on Verde with Specs' larger selection of world class wines. Spirited Spirits and Craft Beers. Score more at Specs, official partner of Austin FC. All right. Tony Elliott, if I said that name wrong, Tony Elliott is the head coach at uh, Virginia. All right. So Texas and Gonzaga tonight. Texas ranked right around number 12. Gonzaga, number two. And Zay, we've kind of got a little basketball math we can play here. Um, I'll say that anytime you beat a Mike Izzo coached Michigan State team, I'll give you love for it. Uh, now, when Gonzaga did that, 64-63 on an aircraft carrier, some might say, <laughs> well, you know, Michigan State was unranked, and maybe they're not an elite Michigan State kind of team. However, since then, Michigan State, last night, puts up a hell of a fight against Kentucky and beats them in, was it double OT? Double OT, yeah. Double overtime. So now the test that's coming to Austin, we already knew it, we already knew it was tough. But now, having beaten Michigan State, does that feel different to you after watching last night?
2: Uh, Not necessarily. I think matchups have a lot to do with each game. So, we we saw Kentucky last year lose first round in the tournament. You know, so it, it doesn't matter. Each game is different. Each game has its own identity. And plus, they were playing, like you said, on a ship. Yep. Like, you know, it, it was a cool setup, but it's hard to judge a game from that when win could be in effect. So, right, yeah, outdoors uh, uh, yeah, and everything. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's an it's odd setup. That's hard to judge. Now, Gonzaga did get blown out by Rick Barnes. Tennessee team, and yes, it was an exhibition game, but they played all their dogs. So to lose 99 to 80, that's something mm. to look at. Will you say Gonzaga is not as good as recent years. Yeah, you could say that a little bit, or you could say this is a really good Tennessee team that might hoist up a national championship once April comes around. So that's hard to you know explain from that. But yeah, this team coming in from Spokane not as good as recent years. They usually have a really good lead guard to go along with their good post players. Mm -hmm. Jalen Suggs, who now plays with the Orlando Magic. Andrew Nimhard, who now plays with the Indiana Pacers. Both of those guys ran the show these last two years, and yes, Razier Bolton, the Iowa State transfer that the Horns have seen a a few times. He's solid. Nolan Hickman, he's the guy, if he gets going and he's a former McDonald's All-American five-star player, if he can find his way as that lead guard position, they're going to be tough like they always are, but everything revolves around Drew Timmy, the Dallas native who's been there for it seems like ever since 2014. He's been there. I mean, it's it's ridiculous, but last year he gave the Horns 37 points. And I thought Coach Beard had a pretty bad game plan for him. Mm-hmm. Yes, they had home Holmgren, but when you got a guy that's that good in the post, has footwork like he does, he's like the Kevin McHale of college basketball, and he's been like that ever since he's gotten in college basketball you got to double him they didn't double him at all last year i don't know wow. if it was just the uh, you know it's kind of like In football, when you double a really good nose tackle, it frees up the linebackers and edge guys to maybe blitz and get in on those gaps. Mm -hmm. And I felt like Chris Beard was kind of afraid of if we double team him, what can they do with Andrew Nimhar? What can they do with Chet Holmgren? They don't have those guys no more. So you got to say Julian Strader, who might be their next best player, you're beating us tonight. Ain't no way Drew Timmy's giving us 30 here at the moon. And if you're Timmy Allen, if you're Christian Bishop, you remember that because that was embarrassing. Mm -hmm. Even if you're doubling or you're playing one-on-one, whatever. So hopefully Chris Beard isn't stubborn enough not to uh, double Drew Timmy because man, that's lunch meat for him. And he's going to be, his eyes are going to be wide open if he has single matchups with Dylan DeSue and Christian Bishop and Dylan Mitchell. He's going to put all those guys uh, uh, on the workout table and it's just going to be brutal. So you're going to have to give him different looks. I'm not saying double every time, but you have to allow those other guys to beat you tonight if you want a chance of winning this ballgame.
1: 830 tip tonight. at the Moody Center, by the way, If I'm sorry if I called Tom Izzo Mike Izzo. I have no idea who Mike Izzo is. you call Izzo. him Mike Izzo? I, that's what two different texters are saying I did. I apologize if I did that. Tom Izzo is his name. Okay. Uh, I think I know that. Maybe it's left <laughs> my brain uh, as I get to be uh, an older and older man here. Uh, also want to remind you, if you're a fantasy owner like Zay, we do have our fantasy segment with J.D. Lewis coming up at 1230. So start throwing us those fantasy questions. Specs text line 337. So most playoff time, Three, seven, people. 3776. The Brett Favre is a good American and a great father team is what? 8-2? and 8-2, and
2: two, baby. 100% chance of making the playoffs. It's all about getting to the bye week. This is going to be a tough week for me because I have Basically, everybody on the bye, I would like to ask J.D. who I should pick up on the waiver wire. That's only a 10-person league, so there should be somebody out there for me. We'll see what J.D. says.
1: Okay, so, Zay, back to this basketball game. Last game in, you were talking about rebounding. We've discussed the size issue with Texas. Do they have enough size? If somebody comes in here, Drew Timmy's 6'10", so... A, on, you know, in terms of defending a player like that, but also getting on the boards. The other reason I ask about rebounding is Julian Strother is a 6'7 guard and Malachi Smith is a 6'4 guard. So uh, uh, Utah. Gonzaga is going to come in here with size at the guard position as well. How big of a concern is the glass for you tonight?
2: It's a pretty big concern, especially if Chris Beard's going to have a lot of six-four guards out there. I mean, I love Serge Ibari Rice and he has long arms, but he is only 6'4. Marcus Carr, around 6'1", 6'2". Serge Ibari Rice, he's barely over 6 feet. So, I mean, I'm sorry, Tyrese Hunter, he's barely over 6 feet. So, yeah. it, those guys, you know, they are tough and Tyrese Hunter's a really good defender, which I think he plays bigger than what his measurements say. So, it just depends on the matchups. You gotta play a little chess, you know, with these teams and I will continue to to say, there's going to be times where you're going to have to play Christian Bishop and Dylan DeSue. You don't have to play them for a full 40, not at all, but just depending on the matchups because that's going to be the key to beat Texas year-round for the opposing teams. Can we beat them with height? Can we get on the offensive glass and give our team more possessions? That's how you beat the courts because you know they're D on the perimeter. It's going to be stout. It's going to be a Chris Beard really tough defense. On the offensive end, are you going to be able to get enough attempts, if you're Texas, because last year you played with one of the slowest paces in all of college basketball. Now you're trying to pick up the tempo with mm-hmm. those, you know, Serge Bari Rice, and Tyrese Hunter and Marcus Carr playing the two, playing freely, and you got more athletic guys like Dylan Mitchell and I think Arterio Morris. You're definitely going to need him because he could give you a spark. Now he he's a microwave type of guy. If he's not hitting, then his value definitely declines. But still, if he hits a couple of shots then who knows we saw what he did against Arkansas those 19 points hit four threes so it's it's He's going to have to play chess with Mark Few and he's going to he needs to understand there's going to be times you got to play big. Maybe Timmy Allen at the 2, maybe Dylan Mitchell at the 3 with Dylan mm. Dasu and Christian Bishop. And I understand if those guys get in the foul trouble, then what do you do? You have guys tough enough coming off the bench in the guards that I just named that should be able to help you on both
1: sides of the ball. Who wants the quicker tempo, Beard or Few? Beard OK, Fair. that's yeah, what I would have said. Yeah, yeah. If you're few, you want to if slow. He wants to drag it down throw let, and it, let Timmy go to work.
2: Let Timmy go to work, whether yeah. that's on the top of the key in the high post, because he's good there. He's good at taking a couple dribbles and making a spin. And he gains a lot of ground on those spin moves and finishes. And one thing I'll be telling Dylan Mitchell, if I'm the assistant coaches, Coach Chappelle, uh, Coach Terry, I'm telling Dylan Mitchell, stay on the ground stay on the ground until mm. you see that ball goes up because he'll hit you with a plethora of pump fakes. Great and faker. Oh, Drew Timmy, that's yeah. where he makes his money. He's going to hit you. Again, he's like a, a college McHale. He's going to hit you with those up and unders and those fakes with the right and the left, and he can finish with the right and left like George Mike in, and he's very old school with his game. And Chris Beard said, hey, he's definitely benefiting on NIL because I don't think he has a place in the NBA. Like I'm picturing him switching Ooh. out. Oh, he has no place in the NBA. Drew okay. Timmy, no chance. No
1: well, chance. They didn't need to say it out loud before this game, does he? I'm sorry. I, I'm Wait, sorry. Wait, you said was, Beard you know, said that, or Beard you're saying say that. that? I'm saying. Okay, that. Good. Beard was <laughs> nice
2: about it and was like he's, okay, good. <laughs> he's benefiting from nil. Yeah. I'm saying yeah, he's benefiting from nil because he has no chance of making the league. Okay. Gotcha. Just just picture him switching out on John Moran. <laughs> All <laughs> right. Oh my gosh, no chance of making the league. You don't think he has the foot speed for no, that one? No, okay. Jericho Sims is out here grinding and you know, and I'm not saying Drew Timmy definitely had a better college career than Jericho Sims, but Jericho Sims. He's perfect for the yeah. league. You see the lobs that he's catching and stuff. He can switch out on guys. It's just a different game.
1: Interested to see how the Longhorns will defend Julian Strother as well. I mentioned a six seven guard. He's already at, and this is obviously a couple, just a couple games, but he's averaging 15-7, seven, two assists and two steals a game. So he's their second leading scorer. Timmy is averaging twenty two a game already, but Strother's already at fifteen. So how do they deal with that taller guard at that's, six that's seven? Timmy
2: Allen's matchup. Yeah, okay. That's Timmy Allen's matchup. He's Around six five, six six, tough could go down low. Got to deal that's, with that. Yeah. That's gonna be his matchup because yeah, that that's also an X factor for the Gonzaga Bulldogs if they want to go far this year. Strader has to play well. Hickman has to play well. Clearly Bolton because everybody's gonna be keying in on Drew Timmy.
1: Yeah, Drew Timmy coming to town tonight. It's going to be exciting over at the Moody Center. 830 is that tip time. A lot of Longhorn fans excited about that. And, of course, we are uh, building up towards Texas and Kansas. Uh, coming up in the crap bag at 1245, I'll take a look at uh, give you some reminders, Longhorn fans. It's not reminders you're going to want to hear about, but it's a reminder I think Sark needs to hear about when it comes to this Texas-Kansas game. We'll look at some of the numbers. I've got a weather report for you Oh for, Lord,
2: for Lawrence, Kansas.
1: <laughs> on Saturday afternoon, let me just say you're going to be glad it's a 2:30 kick Central Time, but it is going to be a little chilly. We will get into that uh, and remind you what Kansas can bring coming up at 12:45. Remember that is a six, or excuse me, that is a 2:30 kick. So 10:30 in the morning is when we will get the pregame started. Longhorn game day brought to you by Bud Light. It is at Lavaca Street Bar, where I'm sure they can serve you a Bud Light if you need one. Lavaca Street Bar, 405 Lavaca, I believe is that exact address. Come on out for the uh, pregame and the watch party. Uh, If you haven't uh, played the free squares game this season, a lot of fans have really enjoyed that, and uh, that free squares game uh, could get you a prize at the end of every quarter. That's been a lot of fun to check out, and uh, I also hear tell that just like all the other Lavaca locations, there is food available. uh, And I've not heard what this is. I think this might be more of an Italian pizza kind of vibe. I think that's right. I'm going to double check that one for you uh, as the week goes on. But we're getting ready for Texas and Kansas. Zay, where are you as a Longhorn football fan today on this Texas-Kansas game with everything we've been talking about coming off of the loss to TCU?
2: Uh, Well, I think they're going to be a little difficult to scout for because you have two quarterbacks that you're going to have to account for With this Kansas team. I think Jalen Daniels, I think he's at the point to where he should be healthy enough to play. I know Lance Leipold, he kind of said he's as close as he's been since the TCU game of getting back on the field, which that's the game he got hurt on. Not surprised there. But Jason Bean, he's been tough too. And, you know, they've had a solid backup play. And, you know, with that option spread that they run, huh? it could be a little tricky because because you haven't seen it much. You know, it's just different. So I love how this defense is playing. I ho- Hopefully Deshaun Jameson comes back, and if they play like how they did in, uh, here at DKR against TCU, then even with the offense woes, they should be able to get the dub because, you know, I don't think their defense, especially stopping the run, and Steve Sarkisian is smart. We got to get back to running the football. Mm-hmm. If you run the football with Bijan Robinson, get him close to those 30 carries like he had at Kansas State, Roshan Johnson, get him involved too, then that defense, I don't think they could keep up with the Horns.
1: Texas defense certainly did look good uh against TCU. They deserved a better fate. Uh that is a 230 kick on Saturday. If you're a Cowboys fan, you know they're in Minnesota and that is a 325 kick on Sunday. So we're getting ready for all of that. Up next, let's Go fantasy football and help uh see if JD can help you out. He's been helping Zay throughout the season, clearly, because this Brett Favre team is uh is unbelievable right now at eight and two and headed towards the playoffs. So Zay will get a question in and then we'll get to your question. Specs text line 337 3776 Fantasy owners, let us know what you need this week. JD will try to help you next on the horn. All right, we get started on a Wednesday. We're talking Texas-Gonzaga, getting ready for Texas-Kansas in football. CFP rankings, no surprise, last night. And we're going to get you some fantasy football help. I don't recognize it, Zay. Should I? I don't know. Who is it? Donny Iris. Sweet Murley. <laughs> no idea. Donny Ivers? It's Iris. Like- Iris. Iris, yeah. Donnie Iris. Yeah, I have no clue who that is. Yeah, he has a smooth perm. Smooth. I had a smooth perm. I feel like smooth perm from the seventies, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Maybe eighties. Fair enough. I was not familiar with with jacket
2: that that I'm looking at. This looks like an eighties vibe. Okay.
1: Donnie Iris gets us started today. Let's go to the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline. Let's see if we can help out your fantasy teams. He is JD Lewis, fantasy football expert, and yes, former Texas basketball great. We'll ask him about Gonzaga at some point. JD, how are you?
0: Doing good, guys.
1: How are y'all? Man, we're good. good, man. Very good. Zay's doing extra good because his Brett Favre uh, help the daughter team is (laughs) doing really well. Let's start there, Zay. What do you need? All right, J.D.,
2: I literally have the most buys ever for a team. Brady's on the buy. Tyler Lockett, Waddle, and Moser, and then everybody else, Christian Kirk, Trevor Lawrence. So give me three guys from the main three positions, quarterback, wide receiver, and running back, I should consider picking up on the waiver wire.
0: So your waiver wire doesn't run until tomorrow?
2: Uh, I think it runs today, so I might be a little late.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You're picking up the – you're getting the scraps. You're getting the leftovers at this point. Uh, Yeah, uh, so I'll tell you, receiver I really like this week with Cooper Cup going down. There's a big question about which receiver in L.A. is going to be the one that's going to be able to step up and kind of play that role. Um, is it going to be that on sco- Is it going to be uh, Van Jefferson? Is it going to be Allen Robinson? And I, I just, I my my gut tells me it's going to be Van Jefferson um, because he can play multiple positions in the wide receiver spot. I think Allen Robinson kind of has his role, and it's not that great. Uh, and I think Skorinetz will be good, and I think Higby will be probably the biggest recipient of this uh, with his connection uh, with Stafford, assuming Stafford's back, which he, he should be. It was a concussion last week that kept him out, that I think was diagnosed a day later, or so which which Hurt his chances of, of getting back. So I would tell you, Van Jefferson is a guy that, that might be available out there for you. Got him. You Already got him, JD. Already got him. <laughs> Boom. Good looking now. Love it. Love it. Okay, so quarterback, you're going to be kind of slim pickings on this one. I mean, you're really you're probably looking at Kenny Pickett, Marcus Mariota. Yo, um, if there's anybody available that shouldn't be, Kirk uh, Cousins. Snag
2: Kirk Cousins. But yeah, you
0: should. You, you should get Kirk Cousins. Oh! Yeah, you should definitely snatch up him. There you go. Boom. <laughs> Wow, running back is going to be running back's going to be the the more difficult I think uh, equation to solve here. You know, I'm probably going to tell you Isaiah Pacheco um, if he's out there is a guy that is ticking. His usage is just ticking up, and so he, he's somebody that uh, you know might pop. But there's not going to be a lot available. Brian Robinson uh, Jr. might be out there. Uh, but but yeah, you're. I I can't. I have no idea what you're going to be looking at. Yeah, of
2: both those guys go, JD, I'm really going to have to do some serious <laughs>
0: serious <laughs> digging. But you're gonna, I appreciate. You're, you're gonna give me give me the top three projected for this week uh, in your free agency.
2: Uh, we got Jarek McKinnon, Kansas City. Uh, my man, JD McKenzie, the Commanders, and Manchester, then
0: yeah.
2: Jalen Warren, Pittsburgh Steelers.
0: That's probably, I'd probably go Jalen Warren and just with the dart throw there. Najee Harris is gonna play, but was a little bit hobbled. They're trying to get him more snaps anyways. All you're really hoping for out of that is 8 to 10 points, and I think Jalen Warren can give that to you.
2: I'll take it. Appreciate J- it,
1: J.D. I'm J- good. J.D. just yeah, said a dart throw. That's fantastic. <laughs> All right, so Jay, uh, Zay's team is good. Let's see if we can help y'all's teams out there. J.D., this one says, PPR League with Cheetah out. Pick two. Devontae Smith, Brandon Cooks, Wandale Robinson, Kadarius Toney. Two of those.
0: De- Devonte Smith and Kadarius Toney. Those would be my two. Okay,
1: fair enough. That
0: was quick. Yeah, I mean, I I, just, I think I think Darius Tony's ready to pop. I, I like Wandell Robinson. I just don't fully trust him yet. Um, and it's not necessarily him. It's, and he's got a great matchup against Detroit. But I just I don't want to gamble on when he's going to pop. And he's shown up that his floor is pretty
2: low. All right, all right. J D. Somebody says should they start Allen Robinson or Donnell Moody or keep Chris Olave as their wide re- wide receiver too?
0: Keep Chris Olave there. Um, again, I want to see the Rams situation shake out a little bit. I, I don't. I just don't see a significant uptick in usage uh, from Allen Robinson. They're just not creative in how they use him, and he's not a guy that can all of a sudden get lined up all over the field the way that Cooper Cup did. And so uh, that's just that's why I, I, I'm shying away from Allen Robinson. I'm going to go ahead and, and buy the hot hand here of the Chicago Bears and 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 say that I would – well, I'd go Alave, but then my second option would be Darnell Mooney. All
1: right, J.D., PPR League, they need a flex player. Tony Pollard, Devin DuVernay, or Melvin Gordon?
0: I like Tony Pollard there, even if he does come back this week. Uh, coming off a knee injury, I can't imagine he comes back to a full workload, and so kind of worst case, you're getting probably 50%, probably a split carry backfield with Pollard handling the third down work and so um and I just think he has a better shot of getting in the end than the other guys. Duvernay, look, I love him, Texas guy, right? But uh just not consistent week to week. And that's just more of a function of the offense uh, than anything. He can pop some weeks, but uh, it's just not consistent week to week. And and now I'm you know at this point in the season, unless I'm really chasing upside, I want the floor and that's Tony Pollard.
2: All right. All right. Trade proposal. Somebody wants to trade D.J. Metcalf for Pollard, and should they do that?
0: Uh, if you have the running back depth, yeah. I mean, if our, if, if Pollard is your RB4 or RB5, probably. I, I do like D.K. Metcalf. I like him the rest of the way. Geno Smith played really well. They're on by this week, and so maybe if somebody in a position where uh, they've, they've got D.K. on by, they need to get a win, they need to get a player for this week, and they're willing to give up D.K. for that. Um so as long as you have the running back depth to absorb that trade and it would be okay, I'm good with that. Because while I like Pollard and we've seen what his upside can be when when Zeke is out, uh, the Cowboys have been pretty uh, truthful, I think, in, in how they said that you know they don't want Pollard to handle a, a whole that, that much of a workload. He, he tends to run out of gas towards the end of the game when that's the case, and so they want to keep him fresh and they want Zeke to pound. Uh, so I think you have got another by week left of good usage from Pollard. And then it gets back to that, you know, split situation. And DK's got way more upside in the PPR league.
1: Talking fantasy football with J.D. Lewis. J.D., 10-team league, half-point PPR. couple quick ones. Mark Andrews or Conklin? Uh,
0: so I think Mark Andrews is, is trending towards playing this week. And assuming that he does play, you're playing him. It's a shoulder injury. It's not something that, uh, you know, there's like a big ramp-up time or anything with him. If he's healthy and he's going, the only real risk is re-injury. But aside from that, that Mark Andrews is now, especially if Goddard and Ertz getting hurt over the past weekend, uh, Ertz might miss the rest of the season. Goddard just got placed on the IR, so that's at least four weeks. Uh, The the tight end landscape is just disgusting. So, uh, now, if you have Kelsey or Mark Andrews, the advantage is even you know more steep, if you will, and so I, Mark Andrews, if he's playing, he's, he needs to be in your lineup.
1: Okay, and Swift or Carter, same league.
0: That's a tougher one. Um, the easy answer is Swift, uh, and that's still that that's going to be my answer. Um, but it's a much more difficult, I think, question. And the odds of those guys, either one, <laughs> excuse me, either one of those guys, I think, could could you know outscore each other this week. Carter just has a little bit more consistent uh, usage in that offense now, with Brees Hall having gone down. So, uh, but but it, I, I just think that's a uh, you know that's a that's a pretty tough one. But yeah, I, uh, uh, I, I yeah I, I'd stick with the first guy. I'm trying to remember who that was. Uh, Swift. Swift. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd go Swift. Just and, and I think his usage is ticking up. So, I, I, but but you know that that's just uh, you know my gut says Swift is going to get more touches this week.
1: All right, fair enough. All
2: right, JD, somebody asked if they should trade or should they should they accept a trade of Justin Fields when their quarterback is Justin Herbert. So they get Fields and they'll trade away Herbert.
0: I would not do that trade as much as I like Fields, um, because that's a buy low on Herbert, especially if it's a six point touchdown passes. Uh, I get, uh, I, I would rather be selling fields right now. And, and look, I, Herbert has not been good to this point. I mean, it's been probably one of the worst statistical years of his short career so far. Um, but it looks like Keenan Allen is practicing and maybe coming back this week. It looks like Mike Williams is practicing in a limited fashion and maybe back this week. Not that I expect a ton out of them, but if all of a sudden Josh Palmer is your third receiver and not your wide receiver one, uh, that offense changes significantly. It gets much more dynamic. They can use Eckler uh, even more than they have so far in the receiving game. So the upside for Herbert is the rest of the season. I think his worst games are behind him. But, uh, again, you know that's still kind of subject to these receivers coming back. If they don't come back this week, they're still coming back next week. So we're talking about a trade for the rest of the season. And between Herbert and Fields, I'd rather have Herbert. But it's a really close, tough call. It's a fair trade offer.
1: Uh, J.D., anybody who watched the NFL last week is going to understand this question. Is Donovan Peoples-Jones legit?
0: I think he is. I mean, I think he's legitimately the number two option in the passing game in Cleveland right now. But what you're going to see, I mean, there, there's, there's, I could argue both sides of this because with Deshaun Watson coming back in Week 13, you would think that the upside for Peoples-Jones goes up more. We don't know what kind of chemistry Deshaun Watson has with Peoples-Jones and I feel like he'll be probably getting the ball to Amari Cooper a lot more. Uh, I do like the talent. I think there's upside there. Um, I just believe that, you know, and again, Watson coming in could help that passing game significantly, which increases DPP's value uh, or DPJ's value quite a bit as well. So there's something to it. But, but you still have David Njoku, who's going to come back in the next probably week or two. Uh, and he really is the number two uh, receiving option in that in that offense when 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 healthy and so uh i I like it i like the hype i think it's a good dart throw but it's not a guy that i'm like running out to try and get uh because i expect him to be good in the next week or two it's a more of a fantasy playoff run that guy could hit if, if all the stars align correctly all
2: right higby or pitts jd ppr
0: Hey, welcome to my world. Um, I picked up Higby in free agency in a league, and I have Kyle Pitts. and I picked up Higby to start him over Kyle Pitts. I think it's close. I think Higby's probably the you know six or seven tight end, and assuming that Stafford's back, um, Pitts has got great usage. Man, Mariota just cannot get him the ball. It's so crazy when you've got a six six tight end with the longest wingspan that we've seen. And he's getting the ball thrown over his head on wide open crossing outs. I mean, it's just it's, it's unbelievable. But it's Mariota is, is the problem, and so uh, the, the gamble with Pitts is too much. I like the floor of Tyler Higby, assuming Stafford's back. I think with Cup gone, Higby was really Stafford's number two guy. So does he become his number one guy along with you know Van Jefferson or uh, one of those other receivers? I think so, and so you could. See, I, I expect a lot of targets. Uh, I expect a good amount of receptions and maybe he gets a touchdown, but he provides, you know, one of the better floors I think going forward. This week I'm going Higby over Kyle Pitt. All
1: right, one more from me, J D. This says Kadarius Toney, Jacoby Myers, or Naheem Hines flex full point
0: PPR. So I would pull Naheem Hines out of there. We just haven't seen his usage. Um thirty one inches of snow projected up in Buffalo. I have no <laughs> idea how that's gonna impact <laughs> the, the passing game. God uh, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be nasty. So um, I, I would take him out of the equation. I, I like Kadarius Tony. I, I think that assuming that Juju Smith-Schuster, it's hard to imagine. If you guys saw that hit that he took, he was concussed, and you know the arms were you know T-rexing and everything. So uh, I, I just would I, I would I would I don't think he's going to play this week. And if he doesn't play, that means that Kadarius Toney is going to be more involved, uh, and and I like the upside play with him.
2: Last one for me too, JD. Twelve man PPR trade. Give away Justin Fields, seems like the hot commodity, for Debo, Samuel, and Garrett Wilson because they have Dak Prescott on the bench and he would take Justin Fields' place.
0: I like I like the way that Dak Prescott and the Cowboys' offense is trending right now. Um, I think they have a legit shot at getting Odell Beckham. Uh, Schultz is back and healthy again. The running game is getting going. So I like what I'm seeing out of Dak there so i totally get the trade um yeah i I would i would probably do that now i think the challenge you run into is what we're seeing is that Debo samuel is not nearly as consistent this year as he has been in years past and so i worry about that so um it's a good trade i'm i would i would still shop and see if i could get something better if i could get a bigger because i mean for somebody to get Justin Fields that needs a quarterback, like it is brutal in the quarterback landscape this year. You have leverage if you have Fields in a trade. So I would use that leverage on any team and there's gotta be at least two or three teams that need a quarterback and just go work those teams and get the best deal you possibly can. I think you can do better. Would I accept that? Yeah. Do I, is it worth making the other team that much better with Fields? Maybe not. Maybe it's better with a running quarterback to keep him Starting him over Dak, and Dak is your safety net if Fields gets hurt because he is a running quarterback. We do see those guys get hurt.
1: All right. Uh, remember, if you didn't get your fantasy question answered or asked, or you just come up with another one, at JD Lewis FF for fantasy football at JD Lewis FF, he will help you with your fantasy football stuff. Real quick, JD, we know you're focused in on Texas basketball tonight with Gonzaga. What do you want to know about these Longhorns? To you know, obviously, you want to win. Can Texas what against Gonzaga? What's the most important thing to you? What do you want to find out?
0: I think it's dictating the pace of the game. I think that Texas, I think what we'll want to do, I mean, I know we can run, but I know Gonzaga's really good at running and and speeding the game up. And you don't want that when you play a a team like that, especially the way that this Texas team plays. I mean, they get after it defensively. So I think that you're going to see, you know, a more methodical approach, uh, taking time on offense, getting good shots, not getting caught up in, in a really quick game and whatnot um and, and slow it down. Now we also know that Gonzaga can play slow it down ball. They've got Drew Timmy down low. So that's gonna be X you know, key point number one. Slow slow Gonzaga down, number two or really one B I would say. You gotta figure out a way to slow down Drew Timmy. Uh he he just he can score in such a variety of ways. We've got to get a guy that can defend him. And I don't know if that means, you know, doubling him every time he touches the ball and making other guys beat you. Um, But I think that those are the two two key points in the game tonight: is just getting after defensively, forcing turnovers, getting easy buckets as a result of that. uh, But controlling the pace of the game and controlling, you know, Drew Timmy, keep him from going off.
1: That is JD Lewis again at JD Lewis FF for those fantasy football questions. JD, best of luck this week on all the games, and uh, I know Isaiah wants to thank you once again for all your help. And good so looking out, JD, and so do the people. Yeah, Zay, so are you, are you eight and two? Zay? Eight, eight, and, eight two, and two, baby,
0: feeling good. Yeah, oh my gosh, man! Yeah, <laughs> you're already looking at week 14, 15, and sixteen, or whatever, yeah. to start to work on that playoff schedule. That's what you need to be looking at, especially with some of these other pickups. That is I it.
1: definitely. Thank you, man. There you, you go.
0: go. Go look at it. Go look for a defense. If you got a roster spot, go find a D, that defense that's got two or three good matchups during the playoffs, and go ahead and stash them.
2: Ooh, good looking out. See, I'm keep go. to the chest.
1: Always good. Always good ideas coming from JD. JD, enjoy it, man. Uh, hopefully, Texas will get a big win tonight, and uh, we'll talk about it next week. Thanks, guys. Welcome. Good stuff, JD Lewis. By the way, this is just a random text that came in. Uh, I don't know exactly what it means, but I'll just read it. This says, JD, no comment this week other than I have the second most points, yet sit in sixth place. I did pick up Massage Boy over the waiver wire this week. <laughs> I think we all know who that is. Okay, Uh, Justin Wells of Inside Texas coming up at 105. We'll dig back into the Longhorns, what he saw in the TCU loss that concerns him. What are the positives they're taking to Kansas with him? Does he think they'll beat the Jayhawks? That's coming up at 105. Up next in the crap bag, a reminder that I think Sark needs to pay attention to. You Longhorn fans will not enjoy it. But I think your head coach needs to think about it. Plus, I've got a Twitter Gift and question for Zay and all of you Longhorn fans. Because there's another UT that's giving you an idea right now. I just want to know yes or no. That's next on the horn. Beat the pluck is back. Aaron Hogan and
2: My
1: life has passed me by. Alright. This is gonna be weird because I'm hoping I can come up with it. Is this Mark McGrath's band? Is this that band? I don't band? know who that is. Um, what band was he in? Um, oh, my god. The, the every morning there's a halo hanging on the girlfriend's four-post bed. What are they called?
2: Yes, um, this is Mark McGrath's band. It
1: is Mark McGrath's band. Um, but, but um, I don't have it. Sugar Ray. <laughs> oh, good grief. There it is. Okay. Sugar Ray. So sad. 90s kills you. I think we're just watching my brain melt right in front of us here on the show today. Apparently, I called Tom Izzo Mike Izzo earlier during the break. I was trying to think of Jordan Davis of the Eagles, and I called him Jordan Lewis, and now I can't come up with Mark McGrath and Sugar Ray. What is going on? Sugar Ray and Donnie Iris get us started today musically. I'm Chad, I think. I think that's Isaiah Collier in there. We are talking a lot of football today, just helping folks with the fantasy uh, fantasy team stuff. You can uh, go back and check that out in the hour one of the podcast, but also you can uh, send your... Twitter questions to at J.D. Lewis F.F. For fantasy football, he will help you out. All right, let's get into the crap bag because I got a question for Zay and Longhorn fans that just came up, and I have some numbers for you on Kansas. Here we go. Chad's crap bag.
2: Crap bag. If you need an easy way to remember it, Just think of a
1: bag of crap. All right, brought to you by AV Consultations. 255-8678 or go to avconsultations.com. Before I have Zay open up that Twitter uh, thing I sent him, just some reminders. Longhorn fans, you may want to plug your ears, but Steve Sarkeesian and the Longhorn coaching staff, you need to remember what happened last year because Kansas came to your place and they hung 57 on you. You lost the game, and here are some stats from it. Everyone think about what we've been watching as I say this. Texas had 49 pass attempts and 32 rushing attempts. Bijan Robinson had 14 carries. Now I know it was 35-14 at the half and you had to chase them down. I get it. I'm just giving you the facts. Kansas had 35 minutes of time of possession by the end of the game. Texas had 10 penalties at home. They had four turnovers. At home, you're going on the road this time. And Texas had 574 total yards and lost the football game. By the way, you heard Zay say Jalen Daniels earlier. If Jalen Daniels is back at quarterback, his QBR last year was 94.1 against Texas. If you have any part of your brain that still thinks of this as some lowly, weak Kansas team, you need to change the way you're thinking. Their running back, Devin Neal, is seventh in the country in yards per carry at 67 Does their defense have horrific numbers? Yeah, they do. 117 total, 93 against the rush, 118 against the pass. But you know what, Zay? TCU had some ugly numbers on defense, and Texas didn't do anything about that. So what would make us believe they're going to go do anything about it in Lawrence, Kansas?
2: Yeah, you talk about Devin Neal, who had four total touchdowns against the Horns last year. You know he's from Lawrence. They love him there. We talk about all the running backs in this league: Deuce Vaughn, Kendra Miller, obviously Bijan Robinson. But we should talk about him more because he's nice with it. Yeah. He is really good, and him and Jalen Daniels together, that could be a problem. And. Yeah, I, I, with the weather in effect, like who knows what Longhorn team are we going to see? Or is it going to be complimentary football? Are we going to see that? Because we've seen the offense thrive and then the defense give up middle of the field, uh, 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 long, big yard gangs, and have bad games. And then we saw this past weekend the defense thrive 14 total uh, 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 tackles for loss and then uh, yep. five total sacks, and then the offense only puts up three points. So this team has just been so inconsistent which has been so frustrating covering the team and being a Texas fan because you see the talent. The talent is not 6-4, and and it's just, damn, you're not going to have B. John Robinson next year. This team, talent-wise, could be worse, so you got to capitalize on all the opportunities. You can't say this Longhorn team has this year, and that's what's been disappointing. So going into Lawrence, I'm with you, Chad. I don't know which team we're gonna get, so it's hard to determine who's gonna win this game. You would think Bijan Robinson. Let's go back, since we're going back to Kansas. Hopefully, Steve Sarkeesian right. sees those old roads. You know what? Last time we were here, Bijan had thirty-something carries, two hundred and nine yeah, yards. Let's exactly. get back to that because you just pointed out the defensive stats for Kansas. Ain't the best.
1: No, that is what they should go after. By the way, weather report right now, sunny and a high of 35 on Saturday. It is a day game. Wind, northwest, 10 to 20 miles an hour. Run the ball. Maybe the coldest moment I've ever had in my life was when wind hit me in Lawrence, Kansas, man. It's a different thing. I am telling you, it is something. Low of 17 that night. So you're going to get some of that as it heads from 35 down to 17. By the time it gets to the low, low, obviously the game will be over. But uh, we'll see how that could affect
2: yeah, you're, Texas. you're with the Longhorns women. And I was, if yeah. Coach Conrad, who's as tough as nails, if she's out here you know, shivering and stuff, then you know it's cold.
1: And that's when I knew. the 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 temperature was one thing, but knowing everywhere she'd been, driving up and down the roads and driving the team, and she was the athletic, Director and helping build women's basketball, whatever. When I saw that look on her face, when I saw that look, the girl, I'll tell you what, the boy from Waxahachie and the girl from Gulfway, we wanted to get home to Texas <laughs> right then. It was so cold. Texas going to Lawrence this weekend. All right, Zay, go to your Twitter and click on that link CB sent us. I want to know, as a Longhorn fan, one game. One game against a mid-range team. No, no, stop Just one game because Tennessee is giving you the template. This weekend, Tennessee's going to wear an orange helmet. Apparently, they did this back in the late 40s. First time since 49. They're playing South Carolina. Orange helmet, the white tee, the white jerseys. They're at South Carolina, by the way, so this tells us South Carolina wants to wear their colors. The question I have, Zay, is are they going to go orange pants or are they going to go white pants? I'm guessing they're going to go white all the way down there. So one time, mid-range team, would you ever consider it as a Texas fan? Hell no. Say a hell no. Hell okay. no. This For them, this looks good. But in kinda... that burnt
2: orange, I, I can't see it. Oh,
1: man. Longhorn fans, go check it out on Twitter. You know that the crap bag is a uniform snob, and I love the helmets and love all these things. So go check it out. At C. Hastings, 1049. And you tell me, I'm guessing most Longhorn fans will echo Zay's hell no on that. 105 means Justin Wells on a Wednesday. Justin of Inside Texas coming up. We'll talk more Longhorns and Kansas as we get ready for the trip to Lawrence. Is Justin picking the Longhorns to bounce back and get the seventh win? You're about to find out on the Horn.